Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast. So, 250, I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today, talking to you about video games. Hey, guess what? We don't talk about milestones very often on this podcast for a lot of reasons, um, and we're not doing anything special today, so don't get your hopes up. <laughs> but, uh, you know, today is is 250, which is like a quarter away to a thousand. So, like, hey, 250 weeks in a row. I don't think we've missed a single week. I could be wrong, but I do not think we've missed a single week on, on the podcast thing. So, um, yay, we're here. If you've been listening for since the beginning, well, good on ya. I, I like I originally made this thing. I think I've told this story like 500 times. I originally made this thing with no intention of anybody ever listening to it. I just wanted a way to keep me in check to make sure I was publishing content regularly and making sure that I had to like explain why I wasn't publishing content if I wasn't. So here I am today. Um, there's still, you know, a, a pretty like for for my content like and, and, and like how much people follow me i think a pretty hefty following base i think it is probably about like anywhere between like 20 to 40 people a week which seems kind of crazy to me but you know whatever that's fine and i don't know if like everybody listens through all of it or anything like that either so but yeah well but yeah thanks whether you just started or if you've been here for a long time thank you so much for coming and uh i hope it uh, let's see if we get to a thousand we'll see what happens baby maybe i'll finally give you guys a new a new like format on episode 1000 <laughs> so so yeah um in terms of like, actual game stuff, though, I did, like, like if we were going to set, like, some kind of, like, celebratory thing today, um, God Eater 3, I did finally wrap that up. You know, I was mentioning that I was, like, finishing it up last time. So, there's this uh, final DLC pack called Traversing the Past. And the really bizarre thing about Traversing the Past is that, you know, God Eater 3 is a very multiplayer-focused game. It's a God Eater or Monster Hunter-style game. You know, you want to team up with other party members and go on missions with them and, and I've always played it in a group of people from start to finish. And God Eater is actually very good about that, where it will let you play through the story in a group of people from start to finish, basically. There's a couple of side things, especially in God Eater 2, that were single player only. So there's definitely single player content that you can do that you can or that that, that is restricted to single player rather. Um, but it, it, it was like spread throughout the story. It was like pr- like pretty well paced, and and so you could you know kind of take a break from your your multiplayer session, and then sometime that week for your next session, go and do your single player content. And all of it was like optional, so you can kind of figure out where you want to fit it in to your like your 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 personal life, right? But with God Eater 3, weirdly enough, they shove all this single-player content at the very end of just, like, they they dump it all as DLC, essentially. And what's even more bizarre is that this DLC feels like some of the most essential DLC I've seen in a video game story in a long time. Now, I'm not saying that if you play through God Eater 1, you're not going to get a story, or God Eater 3, you're not going to get a story in the base game. You do. But what you really miss in God Eater 3 in the main story is character development. Like, most of the characters kind of get introduced, they have their little arc that happens, and then they more or less just kind of disappear into the background and never, like, show up again. And the cast is actually smaller than than previous God Eaters, I think. Um, But but it feels like they have even less of a role than other characters in previous God Eater... uh, 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 releases. So I was really taken aback by the fact that this God Eater uh, DLC called Traversing the Past um, really goes in depth on these characters and it shows like the history of each of these characters. It's all in hindsight because the game's already done. Um, and and it gives you these backstories for these characters and it's actually like all pretty good stuff. Like it is quality God Eater like storytelling. Like it, 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 it fits that game's story and tone and it's all very good uh, ones of those. But 
It's just delivered in this bizarre way where it's all dropped at the end of the game as DLC. And like, it's not even something you really play. Like you do play it. There's, there's, there's combat in it, but it's very, very light combat. So like you literally show up in a room and you're there with like whatever NPC that you need to like, you know, have a story with or whatever. And then you like go and talk to like phantom versions of them and you, you get voice acting and it's basically like sitting there listening to a drama cd of like this character and this like past they have and then that that phantom disappears and then these little like spiders appear and you fight the spiders and you do this over and over and over again for hours and like it's they don't change the enemies at all it is always the spiders um and they're not hard enemies they're just like you knock them a few times and they're dead so it, it really just feels like them just checking in to be like hey are you paying attention are you holding on to the controller it, it, it's really strange um and so like initially my thought was like Maybe they just didn't have the budget to, like, fit this into the game itself. Like, maybe making the game, obviously, if you're rushed to finish a game from start to finish, you can't fit it in, you can't fit it in, right? Um, but, like, the, the the weird pacing of this end part where you're just, like, listening to voice acting for hours is, is just so strange. And I thought maybe it was, like, maybe it's a budgetary issue, but it's all voice acted. The area that they put you in is, like, an area specifically created for this DLC. And also, they have, like, really high-quality cutscenes in between. Like, like high-quality in the sense of, like, they are, like, the standard game's normal cutscenes. But they're, like, you know, well-animated and everything. And, like, these cutscenes are, are mixed in between. So, it feels like they have the production value of the, the like, uh, God Eater, um, you know, story that it normally has. But they just didn't, like build any content around it almost and what's bizarre is that like god eater is not a game that like specifically prides itself on doing original content for like a character or something like that or like a like a story god eater will recycle its assets as much as possible like god eater one and two you're gonna play those games for 50 to 70 hours and you're gonna fight the same monsters over and over and over and over and over and over again and go to the same like six areas over and over and over and over again so it's not shy about doing that and god eater 3 was very much the same way although i feel like there are more new monsters in god eater 3 versus the past one and this game just like does not like for some reason does not like make missions around these these events that are happening it's just you in this room with the spider and you kill the spiders and then you listen to the story and then you kill the spiders and you listen to the story it's just so strange it's so bizarre now thankfully at the end once you get to the end of those those character stories there is like a boss fight and maybe it'd be a little bit better if you were like pacing out you know how you're progressing with the character so like when you're doing these stories you have to build relationships with the characters and i would just build them all at once basically and then do all the missions at once so maybe if you did it like three groups at a time and then went and did their missions then did three more group or three more players or party members at a time and just do that over and over and over again until you're like you know at the end maybe it wouldn't feel as like intense of just like i'm just sitting here listening to this voice acting and i'm going to die kind of thing but like it just i don't know it's just a very bizarrely designed like dlc and like none of it feels like it was designed well but the content of the story that they're telling you feels at least like at on par of what i expect out of god eater one and god eater two so it's just very very bizarre to see them handled that way um i'll be i'll be honest with you like i had a friend who asked me like are you interested in god eater 4 now that you've like finished this and i think up until maybe the last two hours i probably would have told you absolutely not like i mean anything if you show me a video game and it looks cool 
like, then sure, I, I'll get interested in God Eater 4 or whatever. But if you showed me a game that looks like God Eater 3 and said, are you interested in God Eater 4? I don't know. I don't think I would be without knowing, like, some of the more specific caveats of the game. And, like, is this interesting or is this not interesting? And I feel like at this point, God Eater has not really built on the elements of God Eater that I think were particularly good. Specifically, like, the God Eater burst stuff and, and like, like having different types of, like, status effects built on your characters. I think they removed a lot of that stuff due to the balance issues, honestly. I could be wrong, but it feels like that's the way, the reason why. Um, and, and so, like, I, I can't say that I would be excited, but the final story, after you finish all the partner stuff, um, does actually wrap the story of God Eater 3 back into God Eater 1 a bit, which is, like, one of the things that, like, I would like to, like, I wouldn't mind seeing where that story goes. It is, it, it's not really a cliffhanger ending, but they do, like, kind of give everyone a goal and objective and, like, how that can connect back to God Eater 1, and they also kind of lean, lean some, like, uh, linger on some, like, remaining, uh, I guess unfinished business with God Eater One character specifically, um, as as a part of that. But but I I, I kind of at this point I I just don't I like I like God Eater. God Eater's fun, fine and cool. It's not amazing. It's not bad. But I just feel like it's maybe they need to do something that's not God Eater for a while. Like I don't know. Maybe maybe they need to focus on something else or or build something from scratch. But. It's, it's, it's really bizarre, I think, especially because, like, God Eater 3 feels like a older game than, like, Freedom Wars, a game that came out years before God Eater, yet Shift worked on, like, co-developed with Sony, and, like, a lot of the lessons they learned in Freedom Wars, I think, from God Eater, um, they did not bring into God Eater 3, so, like, some of the things in God Eater 3 just feel old, like, just how room creation is handled, how room closing is handled, like, uh, how the character customization is handled, like, all that stuff just feels like a PSP game still, despite God Eater 3 being built from the ground up for, you know, PlayStation 4. So, I don't know, it's, uh, I, I'm very mixed about God Eater 3, I don't think God Eater 3 is a game that's great, I mean, I will say, even, as much as I like God Eater 1, I don't know how many people I'd recommend God Eater 1 to, um, Shift just kind of has, like, this, like, B-movie, like, not B-movie, sorry, B-grade, uh, like, uh, feeling to all their games, where, like, it doesn't feel particularly great, but it is good enough that it's, like, fun to play, and I think they have a particular charm to, like, their storytelling, but I don't think it's, like, a like a type of storytelling that everybody's gonna love it is very kind of um i always hate to say like the word anime but it's not like very like super anime either though it's just it's really goofy and it's kind of laid back in a way that's kind of fun and the characters are 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 really enjoyable in that kind of that kind of way um so i don't know it, it i'm so conflicted on god year three but i'm i'm so glad it's done i'm so glad it's finished if you played through god year three and were disappointed and you're like i don't know if i'm gonna play through the dlc as much as I hate to say it, you should play Traversing the Past. It is good story content. It's just not great. Maybe I shouldn't say you should play Traversing the Past. Maybe you should YouTube Traversing the Past and uh, and look that up. So, anyways, God Eater Minute there. I think it's been like 10 minutes of God Eater, God Eater Minute. But it's the last time we'll have to talk about God Eater 3 for now, hopefully. Um, I do know Shift is saying they're working on some new post-apocalyptic like game that is going to also feature anime men and women that are... I think the, the ex exact job listing was like beautiful anime men and women, so we'll see. Maybe it's a Code Vein thing again. I do got to get around to playing Code Vein. I have a copy of that, but have not played it yet, but we'll see. So that was God Eater 3. 
Um, other multiplayer stuff I played was Generation Zero a bit more. I haven't been providing a lot of updates on Generation Zero because there's not a lot to say. It is pretty much open world shooter, the game where you just go around and shoot robots and then you go like pick up survival gear and like most of it is junk. So I don't like have any strong feelings for Generation Zero. Um, but what's interesting about Generation Zero is that it is a open world game that has multiplayer and seeing out how it handles those mechanics and how it like, um, how players behave in an open world environment when you're all connected, but not actually like, you know, locked to each other. And I think it made me realize that, you know, as much as probably a lot of people want, you know, multiplayer games where you have big open worlds and things like that, where everyone can go off and do things on their own. Um, I feel like this game is a good example of why you don't want to do that without some kind of encouragement to keep players together. And that is that it's really hectic and hard to figure out what's going on when everybody's progressing on their own. So when there's players off doing something else, off going getting quests, off turning in quests, fighting monsters, you know, looting things, finding like collectibles in the environment, you know, if you're not all sticking together, then it just creates this kind of situation where um, like it's, it's hectic and you don't know what's happening. And then so you look and you're like, oh, there's something I have to go do. And then you go travel across the world to like go help your party members out. And then by the time you get there, the entire engagement's done. And then the quest is done. You have to go back to where you came from anyways. So I think that's like a really interesting like problem to see in this game. And, and just like think about why other games will lock you into a smaller area around like a main player beyond just technical reasons, but also from like a game design reason. So again, I don't really think Generation Zero is like a fun game. It's, it, it's kind of just like, a open world go shoot robots game or whatever and the, the story seems pretty straightforward but for me like open world multiplayer ex- perspective and how that affects game design and player interactions i i think it is uh, interesting to see um but i definitely feel like there's frustration in the group from from the people i've been playing with of like i didn't know we were even doing this what are we doing why are we doing this like i didn't like i don't know if i even got a reward for it um there's a bunch of buggy things with the progression as well we're like uh, we don't know sometimes if somebody got exp for something it's really hard to tell was happening and it's gotten to the point where i kind of just don't care i'm like i don't care if i progress the missions i don't care what happens i don't care about my weaponry low out load out like all i care about is this game ending at this point <laughs> for generation zero um but it was interesting to see and like it's always fun to like sit down and just chat with friends while you play through games but it is it has become at this point just kind of like a mindless uh 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 I don't know what you'd call it, mindless like slog for me because I just kind of get on there and then just kind of walk around and just try to follow people as much as possible. Um, because as soon as you start being proactive, I feel like you end up kind of leaving everybody else behind, which is is a frustrating thing. So I don't know. It's it, it's kind of it's kind of frustrating to play um, in a way that I really was not expecting it to be. I'm sure there's ways to design around that. Um, this particular game just did it. I think it's an Avalanche Studio game, like that just caused people. Um, but I think it's like maybe like a new studio they they brought in or something. I can't remember for sure, but yeah, Generation Zero. That is a video game. Um, other than God Eater and Generation Zero, though, I have not really been playing other games. I did set up Indiana Jones in the, uh, the Infernal Machine, so that is ready to go, and I think that is what I'm gonna sit down and try to put some time into this week. I, like I said, I'm like two-thirds of the way through the game, so I should be able to finish it up, you know, pretty quickly, I think. I don't know if I'll be able to do, like, a casual review of it or a review now, now that I've removed the casual review moniker from that, um, but, uh, maybe at some point I will. I'll have to finish it up and see how much I remember and how much I could, like, actually talk 
talk around um because i started that game like two years ago at this point so i i would worry about like talking about it like as kind of one like experience if i've breaking it up that much um in love review sense at the very least so uh, I'm probably going to go ahead and play that a little bit. But one thing I did do is I went through my comic catalog of games because uh, this upcoming week we're going to be doing a a um, university project stream where I stream various university projects from uh, Cho, Cho, I don't know, C-H-U-O-O is the Cho University or something like that. Um, we're going to be doing a stream for that. I'll talk about that at the end of the, the podcast, I'm sure. Um, but one of the things that were in uh, that that thing was a uh, something called Mobile Princess, which is something that I... I remember that I picked up, I forget how much it was. I think it was maybe like $10 for like a, a, um, one gigabyte SD card and, or micro SD card rather. And I never really looked at it or thought about what it was, but apparently what this is, is a series of windows mobile games and not just like old windows mobile games, but like somebody is making windows mobile games today. And, um, I can't remember if at the time I saw this at their booth at Comicat when I picked it up, but my friend did send me like their Twitter feed and like their most recent tweet at the last Comicat. And they just had uh, like a bunch of old Windows phones up there set up where you could play it on there. Um, however, you can load them on PC and most of them work for the most part. Um, and there's a 2020 version, I think, or 2021 version of the Mobile Princess. I have the 2019 version of Mobile Princess. Um, and essentially it just includes like a handful of mini games. Some of them are overlap more with others than, than others. Um, so there's like three different typing games, including typing Panzer, which is like a typing game where you type against a tank. Um, and you just type in words. It's all in like Romaji, like English characters, basically. So you can type Japanese words using English characters. So that's pretty straightforward for the most part. There's also one called Yori Moi, which is like these little girls who like throw their hands up every time you type or something. It's kind of, it's kind of cute. It might be based off an anime or something like that. I don't, I don't know for sure, but there's a little penguin at the back of the line with the girls that also like throws their, their hands up and stuff, uh, during it. So, so it's just like a little typing mini game. It seems really long. I think the Yori Mori, uh, one or Yori Moi one is, um, like 150 sentences you have to type, but then the, the typing panzer one's like 450. Um, they are on a timer as well. I will be honest with you. I have not sat down and tried to type through all of them. It seems like it quite the slog. Maybe at some point I'll, I'll, I'll commit some time to, 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 to pushing through one when I'm like feeling brain dead enough to just do that for like a, like a, you know, 30 minutes or however long it is to get through that stuff but um yeah it is cute little typing games there's also one called like gridman 2 um but it just says at the beginning type in access code and i have no idea what to do so I, I can't see any kind of like access code that I should type in. Maybe there's some kind of access code that's on the uh, paper. I had to go back and look. There's like a paper sleeve that, that the game came in. And sometimes they'd have like pass codes on like cards and paper sleeve for you to go download them, but you need a password to, to download them. So maybe that's what it says, but I just, I don't have a, I have a feeling it's not because it's like built into the game itself um, as like something you need to type in in the game. So there's also like a variety of little like kind of maze game kind of things. There's, um, uh, what is it called? Go Go Rena, which is like a little like cat maid girl that like walks up a maze and there's a bunch of robots that fall down and the robots like always like follow the wall. So you can kind of like dodge them, but you can't walk backwards. So you have to always go up left or right. And you're like climbing up this, 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 uh, area and you have to collect uh, bowls of water to keep yourself hydrated. And you can also get like, I don't know if it's like catnip or something, but that lets you like tear through the walls. The randomizer seems a little weird 
hate on that. I have gone through sections of that game before where I literally could not find any water. And I'm going pretty fast through the area. So, like, maybe maybe I'm missing something. But, like, it seems like sometimes the randomizer of how often it spawns water can just decide, actually, you're not going to get any water <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and there's, like, uh, Harikaze 2, which I believe is, like, a boat game where you drop these, like... Um, submarine destroyer uh canisters i forget what they're called depth chargers i think and you drop those down and blow up some submarines underwater and then there's also uh uh nankyo nankyoku challenge which is like a game where you use this like uh i don't know what you'd call it um some kind of like snow vehicle to uh go up this like ice path and collect flags to get points and then rescue all the girls that are actually in the typing mini game it's the same sprite that just sits there and they, they throw their arms up just like they did in the typing mini game or whatever so um yeah so it's like a cute little thing but it's just interesting to see somebody still building something out for windows mobile devices specifically um if i was looking at his twitter feed he took a picture of like comic cat and then said it as like his windows mobile background for his thing so he doesn't seem to like post very often it seems like it's only around the time of events so um but it's all kind of funny fun stuff i went to his website a little bit too and they had like a benchmark tool that you could use and it would like run like this little girl like eating pudding and it'd give you like a number based off your your i, I guess the, the one i used was like a windows installer i guess it, it, for windows mobile right would also be the other thing um but it, it basically just like has her eating pudding really fast depending on how quickly your PC can process our eating pudding or whatever. And then like the number goes up essentially. I tried launching it later um, and it would not work. It said runtime error. So I'm not sure what changed between the first time I launched it and the second time I launched it, but it seems to break now. So if you go to my Twitter feed, I actually posted, um, I'll, I'll link it in the description, but I posted like two little frames from it of her like eating the pudding and be like, this is the best PC, PC benchmark tool ever. So so yeah, but that's kind of all there has been for me and actually playing games this week, unfortunately. So hopefully Indiana Jones is something that I get sit down and play through this week a, a bit. Um, Generation Zero, I'm sure it's going to keep happening as well as uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Um, but you know, there's not a ton of updates I have on those. I just want to talk about Generation Zero because of the overworld aspect of it. So it's Patreon time. Welcome. We're here on the Patreon home network. I'm here to sell you Patreon right now. Did you know for, for you can get a free value of content for the price of $5? Yes, you can do that through patreon.com slash one controller port. You can join the likes of Jillian, Discreet, and Paul Daniel as Patreon supporters. And if you did that, you get bonus content. This week, there's going to be a PCFX GA uh, unboxing video that's going to go up. I need to go ahead and put some behind the scenes stuff up next week as well. I need to, to figure that out and schedule out something for that. So there's some extra content there. I did go ahead and create a uh, Patreon promo video as well. Um, I might wait a couple weeks to put that out, but that's going to go up on the YouTube channel at some point just to notify people that like, hey, this is here, just so you know. I was kind of holding off on notifying too many people about the Patreon outside of like the podcast and stuff um, to to make sure I kind of knew what I was going to do with it and how I wanted the tiers to work. And I, th I think I'm at a place that I'm happy with it now. So I think now is the time to push it to a greater audience. Not that there's like a huge, huge audience that will will, 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 will probably jump in on it, but, you know, at least make it more uh, obvious to people who are watching my content outside of the podcast and things like that. However, if you are at the Patreon $3 level or $5 level, you can ask a question uh, of this podcast. And we actually got our first real Patreon question this week. Um, this is from Jillian. And Jillian asks, hey, have you ever, hey, I added the hey there. Um, have you ever pretended to be sick to get out of something so you could play 
a game. And yeah, um, I, I'm not going to talk about any one individual scenario, um, for a, a big reason of just, uh, I did this all the time when I was a kid. Um, so when I was young, I was not particularly a good school student. And most of the time that I would just think about not being at school when I was at school, I could do like tests fine. I was like, I was one of those like typical American kids who like can test well, but like I was not really learning anything. I was just testing well kind of thing. And that unfortunately, um, you know, something that I did well into college, <laughs> but in college, at least I cared more about what I was learning in that situation. Um, but there were definitely times that I leaned on that skill of just like, I know how to take a, a, B, C, D, multi, multiple choice format quiz. And I can like ace those even if I don't really know the content super well. So, so that was something that I, I was never super, or I'm not super proud of, but it definitely helped me. Um, but yeah, so like I never want to be at school. So, uh, through probably all of high school, specifically the ninth grade, maybe middle school as well. I can't remember. Um, I pretty regularly got out of school and it actually started to become a problem in ninth grade where they were like, I think I had missed like 30 days or like just under 30 days. And like, if you miss like two more days, then we have to hold you back kind of thing. So, and like, I had no real reason to miss school other than just, I wanted to stay home and play Final Fantasy 11. I didn't care about anything else other than that. Or, or things like that. Um, there's definitely times in my past where I also did it for Fantasy Star Online, um, Super Mario Sunshine. I remember trying to get out of that. I don't know if I was successful Super Mario Sunshine, but I remember trying to do it at least. Um, and, and a variety of other situations. But yeah, so like it was a regular occurrence for me where I would pretend to be sick or, you know, sometimes, you know, not to say anything too bad about my parents, um, or specifically my mom, but my mom would occasionally, like just come pick us up from school and was like, Oh, I have to take him to doc's appointment. And then she just like go and take us out to lunch or something. <laughs> um, mainly because she just wanted to hang out or whatever. Right. Um, so th- th- it was, it, it was not like super, um, you know, a, a secret or anything like that in the family of what I was doing per se. Uh, it was not a good way to go about. And thankfully it never really affected me that much. Like I said, pretty good test taker. I hated homework. So I regularly did not do homework. So I, I pretty much skimmed through most of like high school and middle school with C's, uh, not because I was doing bad on tests but because I was doing great on tests, but nothing else basically. So yeah, it was, uh, it was an adventure, but that is, uh, that is the answer to your question. Uh, the one specific thing I can remember off the top of my head is I remember like acting sick for my mom once and like being outside on the driveway, like waving to her and then like turning the corner and walking up and like skipping my way to the door and be like, time to play some fancy star online, baby. So, so yeah, so. There's the Patreon question. So again, if you want to ask more Patreon questions, let me know. Um, just go ahead and uh, on the day that this podcast goes up, so Monday, there will be a post on the Patreon where you can go ahead and just drop a comment in the post and I'll go ahead and answer that question. So so yeah, and like I said, later this week, there'll be the PCFX GA unboxing video going up on the uh, the Patreon as well. So I plan to try to kind of kick the Patreon content back and up to speed after we had kind of a quiet February. Um, that's kind of why I'm waiting a little bit on putting the Patreon video out I just want to show that there's been like at least a couple weeks of consistent content because most of February is pretty quiet. So, so yeah, I plan to do some more stuff here soon. Probably going to be more video related stuff now that I don't have as many options to just do some audio only stuff um, for like recording in the car and things like that. 
that's that. Thank you so much for 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 listening to me me spam my Patreon uh, thing there. Um, if you are subscribed to the Patreon, again, thank you very much for your help on that. It's news time. The time for news. So I basically have a handful of things here I want to talk about. Mostly updates to previous games that we, we've talked about. Um, one is that Nights and Nightmare. I don't know if we talked about this when it was announced, but Nights and Nightmare is coming to the Nintendo Switch. Um, they put a date on that. That is April. Um, the thing I'm really curious about Nights and Nightmare, and I believe there's a PSP version that already happened. So I'd imagine this version is probably a port of the PSP version. Um, but I believe Night and Nightmare on the DS actually used the touchscreen for the player, like moving like a spirit around on screen. So um, if you don't know, it's like a, I think it was like a strategy game that had like shooter elements in it where you're like, you know, bullet hell elements maybe where you're like dodging things using like a little uh like a little spirit in the middle of the screen maybe not too um um unique now with like undertale and everything that happened with that um but knights and nightmare i believe is still a a game that people do really like um so very cool that that's coming back um this one i'm very excited about jack gene that is getting localized and funnily enough it is the 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 the, the announcement post they put up was in, entirely in japanese but they said they're making an english and chinese version of jack jean so that'll be coming up if you don't know what this is it's like an otome game that has like rhythm game parts to it with like 3d models dancing around and stuff like that very cool looking um i kind of want to check it out i don't know if they're going to do like an actual physical release here um or or how they're planning on handling that but i know in japan there was a physical release a while ago i was very tempted to pick it up but honestly i have so many like otome like to do's on my list that i really can't justify it but it does look like a very cool game and i really do want to give it a look at some point in my life but i think it's at this point where i know that there are other things that are a priority between steam prison um or steam prison steam princess i don't remember the 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 hunex switch game and um also, uh, uh, Dear My Son as well on the PS2 being a Japanese one I really want to tackle at some point. So I just don't see a lot of space in my life for it right now, but I am really glad it's coming over. I hope I get to check it out at some point and I hope it gets a physical release because I definitely, um, would be, be interested in, in, in considering it someday. Um, so, so we'll see. Speaking of Switch games, there's actually a top selling, selling Switch games list that, uh, came out. I won't bore you with the details on the exact things. A lot of them on there are the things you expect. Mario Kart, Splatoon, all that good stuff. But I want to talk about the games that, that jumped out to me and their sales. So keep in mind, these are Switch sales specifically for Japan. Uh, Ring Fit Adventure got like 3 million copies sold, which is kind of crazy. It was like higher than Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, I believe Ring Fit Adventure was the number three mark on the chart. So admittedly, like, you know, COVID probably immensely helped out Ring Fit Adventure. And I still would like to try out Ring Fit Adventure myself. Um, but, uh, that, that is very cool that it sold so many units and, and, and got so high up on that list. Personally, I'm a big fan of that Wii era Nintendo. And so seeing them continue some of that stuff on, um, makes me really happy and, and to refine it as well. Like, you know, making a game like Wii Fit be more interactive and more game-like for people rather than just being like, here's a virtual lady on screen to, to, to stretch with kind of thing. Um, Konami's, uh, Momotaro Den- Densetsu, I believe it's Konami. I could be wrong about that. I think it's Konami. Momotaro Densetsu sold 2.6 million units at the number seven mark. I think the big thing about Momotaro Densetsu is just like, from a Western perspective, that game is very rarely ever talked about. I'll be honest with you. I, I think the only people I've ever seen really mention it is like, I think Vink has mentioned it before on Famicom Dojo and, um, Hololive. 
um, played it, like when their English staff first got on and some of the, the Japanese speaking English staff members, uh, played it with, along with other, um, uh, Hololive, uh, staff. So, you know, the fact that it sold 2.6 million units is the number seven best selling Switch game in Japan is kind of crazy when it's one of those series that, like, even probably big, like, you know, video game fans who are aware of what's happening in the Japanese market with, 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 you know, Nintendo and, and, and the games that are selling probably really have no, no real strong understanding of what Momotaro Densetsu is, yet it is this massive thing. Clubhouse Games is at number 20 with 920,000 units sold. Um, that's, Great. I, I was really scared Clubhouse Games would not sell great. It did sell pretty, pretty well here in the US, I believe. So to see it sell well in, in, um, in Japan's a big thing. I think that number is higher than Mario Party. Um, I don't remember when Clubhouse Games came out. I'm curious if that is also kind of a side effect of COVID and everything. Um, given that, you know, people were not meeting up as much in person. You know, we did have that surge at the end of last year. And, you know, if you want to play online board games with friends and family, uh, Clubhouse Games is a great option for that. So I wonder if that's part of what drove the sales for Clubhouse Games with that. And then number 24, this is going to be a throwback to a game that I talked about forever ago called Fishing Spirits. 675,000 copies. This is like a, I believe it's like a toys like brand fishing game that like is on the Switch as well. I could be misremembering, but Fishing Spirits is one of the ones that I remember highlighting and to see it do so well, I think makes me kind of happy to see that. Like, I don't, again, those are one of those games that I think that, that I would really like to check out at some point. Um, but I think it's still full retail price, probably because it sold 675,000 units. They're probably not putting it on sale. So still very interesting list. I do love looking at Japanese like, uh, success numbers just because, you know, it's, it's interesting to see, you know, what stood out and also what specifically, um, rose to the top in Japan as well. So it's really hard, like on a week to week basis though, to know what's happening with Japan in terms of sales numbers. I always look at those like media crate sales and the numbers all look so low to me and I'm like ah maybe it's fine <laughs> so I never know how to really dissect Japanese numbers but you know at least in terms of millions I can say three million units for a game in one particular region that's pretty pretty solid so and then kind of the last news story here is the Ocarina of Time Master Quest uh, debug PC port um, so if you don't know um, if you remember like way a while ago I keep mentioning COVID this time but like pretty early in COVID, I think, um, there was a Super Mario 64 PC port that happened. And it was also often misreported as like the source code for the game leaked and then people ported it to PC. No, there was a team that decompiled Super Mario 64 and then basically created a PC port based off that decompiled code, essentially. So that happened with Ocarina of Time, specifically the PAL version GameCube Master Quest disc or whatever, um, that or specifically a debug version of that disc. Um, and so that was finished. And apparently, um, the, the PC port is really coming along. Uh, if you want to see, if you go to ZFG's, um, ZFG ones, Twitch channel. He's an Ocarina of Time speedrunner. He did like a two-ish hour video where he he showed off that PC port, you know, using widescreen. Um, there are some issues with that stuff still with like where widescreen like shows collision outside of certain pre-rendered maps and stuff. A lot of like little bugs still, but he's we're operating on a preview build there. There's like gyro aiming that they added in when you're using like a Switch Pro controller. And uh, you can also disable level of detail so you can actually load things further and out. Um, it's still in a, a development phase. I believe they're putting out 
a video, um, I think sometime this week on that. So you should be able to see um, some kind of video about that sometime soon. But if you want to see, um, uh, you know, a more long form look at it and see somebody just kind of messing around with it and stuff, ZFG has a great video on that. But it looks really great. And it's one of those things that you look at and just like, yeah, this is like one of those things where you look at the Switch Online version. It's like, I understand why the Switch Online version can't meet this like requirement. But boy, like, <laughs> this is definitely probably the better way to play this game almost already, um, given given how things go. But it, it still has its problems. They're still fixing it up. So, um, but I'm excited to see how that turns out. I will probably never play it, but still looks very cool and very happy about that. So. Anyways, that's it in terms of the things I want to talk about for news this week. In terms of upcoming content this week, um, I did a little bit of a shifty here. Um, so we have the community review going up for Parasite E from our stream. Um, I shifted that out to be in April, and I moved the Evergrace one up till this to this week. I want to try to get those those um, community reviews up quicker after a game is finished. Um, so I'm putting up Evergrace since we finished it up last week um, and, and having that community review available a lot sooner. So it'll be going up this week on Wednesday. That'll be the same day that the PCFX GA unboxing video goes up, I believe. Maybe I should shift those dates, but you know, if I do shift them, they'll both be up this week. I just don't know which exact day, but Tuesday and Wednesday, you'll, you'll see that those either pieces of content probably there. Um, and then also, um, we'll be doing the Cho University stream, um, uh, on, on, on Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. So if you don't know what this is, basically when I was at Comic Cat, um, you know, there are university students that go there and they'll go ahead and distribute, uh, discs that include their projects and they can distribute them out from there, whether that be for like a hundred yen or for free or, or whatever. Um, they, they, they will go ahead and, and, and do that there at those things. So they're like little, um, projects that people built while they're in school and stuff like that. Um, so I've had these discs since I went to Comic Cat back in, uh, 2019, early 2020. I remember the exact year it happened. I think it was late 2019. I think like the day after Comic Cat was literally New Year's Day or whatever, or the New Year's Eve. Um, but yeah, so I, I wanted to go ahead and sit down and just like flick through a few of those. It's probably gonna be a rough stream in terms of like audio balancing and capturing stuff. So just as a heads up there. Um, but I think it'll be fun to sit down and do. And I do have some other university discs as well. So if you are curious and seeing more, let me know. I think I have like at least two or three other ones. Um, I think I have a Chiba University and then also the X68000 Club. I forget where they're a part of, but the X68000 Club has a ton of stuff going back to like, I, I forget what it is, like maybe 1999 on their disc. They they can include a complete archive of their projects as far as I can tell. So, um, but yeah, very cool stuff with that. So yes, 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 yes. Um, in terms of what I'm planning on coming up with uh, for content next, like I said, I did that uh, that Patreon video that's going to be coming up, the promotional video. That's what I worked on this weekend. In addition to, there's actually a YouTube trailer up for the uh, YouTube channel now. I've always wanted to kind of better define what one controller port is, and I wanted to sit down and, and kind of try to narrow that down. It's not a pretty definition, but I think it got to the point of what I wanted to try to say to it for now, at least. And I also wanted to kind of give you know people an idea of what this channel is when they jump in on it so they have a better idea of what to expect. Um, I don't know if people watch YouTube trailers anymore, to be honest with you, but it was something I could throw together without too much trouble. And I was already working on the Patreon video and having to do like overlap some of that information. So I figured good time to build out both of those things. So those are going to be, uh, it's our, the, the trailer for the YouTube channel is actually already on the, the YouTube for the, um, the news or people who are not subscribed. If you're subscribed, you actually won't see it. Um, but you know, all, if, if, if you're curious about seeing it, let me know. I can link it to you. It's just an unlisted video right now. So um, actually, I'll, I'll link it in the description here. So if you want to 
listen to it there it'll be there so you can you can check it out there so yes um and then i i'm hopefully going to be starting up that nintendo g video editing here soon um i gotta look at the script again see if it's in good condition but once that's done I, I really would like to get that thing done you know sometime in april um so you know the sooner the better is kind of my feelings at the moment so we'll see on that um but i don't have any like particular short-term content planned outside of the uh catching up on those uh community reviews and things like that so i do have a list of things that you know we talked about a couple weeks ago so i'll be looking at that and trying to figure out what to plan in addition to the nintendo g video but i think i might just want to sit down and really focus on that nintendo g video before i do that much more at the moment so yes anyways thank you so much for coming this week one is the website and i'll be a great week bye